Well, good day to you all, dear ones, and welcome to this 20th day of February. It is day 51 in our journey through the Bible. Hello to everyone out there. My name is Hunter. I am your brother and your Bible reading coach, someone who shows up with you every day to spend a little time together in the pages of the Bible. And we're going to let the pages do what they do and point our hearts to the one who is the living word of God, the one alone who has the words of life. And if you are looking for a one-year Bible reading podcast, well, you've come to the right place. But this is far more than just ticking off checks on a one-year reading plan. This, my friend, is an opportunity for us to have our lives transformed by the God who is love. By having our eyes opened to the God who is with us, the God who is love revealed to us fully in Jesus. And so we gather from far and wide. We come here each day to warm our hearts, to have our minds renewed, to be encouraged and strengthened, to let God heal us as we walk with him. And that, my friend, is good stuff there. So welcome Welcome to you if this is your first day, and welcome to everyone here, whether you've been here for 10 years or one day. Man, what a privilege this is. Today, friends, we are in the book of Numbers. That's where we're going to start. Numbers chapter 7, or just Numbers chapter 7, then on to Psalm 23 and Acts 27. This is the word of the Lord. Numbers chapter 7. On the day Moses set up the tabernacle, he anointed it and set it apart as holy. He anointed and set apart all its furnishings and the altar with its utensils. Then the leaders of Israel, the tribal leaders who had registered the troops, came and brought their offerings. Together they brought six large wagons and twelve oxen. There was a wagon for every two leaders and an ox for each leader. They presented these to the Lord in front of the tabernacle. Then the Lord said to Moses, Receive their gifts and use these oxen and wagons for transporting the tabernacle. Distribute them among the Levites according to the work they have to do. So Moses took the wagons and oxen and presented them to the Levites. He gave two wagons and four oxen to the Gershonite division for their work, and he gave four wagons and eight oxen to the Merarite division for their work. All their work was done under the leadership of Ithamar, son of Aaron the priest. But he gave none of the wagons or oxen to the Kohathite division, since they were required to carry the sacred objects of the tabernacle on their shoulders. The leaders also presented dedication gifts for the altar at the time it was anointed. They each placed their gifts before the altar. The Lord said to Moses, Let one leader bring his gift each day for the dedication of the altar. On the first day, Nahashon, son of Aminadab, leader of the tribe of Judah, presented his offering. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense He brought a young bull, a ram, and a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. 
For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering brought by Nahashon, son of Aminadab. On the second day, Nathanel, son of Zu'ar, leader of the tribe of Issachar, presented his offering. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering brought by Nathanael, son of Zuar. On the third day, Eliab, son of Helon, leader of the tribe of Zebulun, presented his offering. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, and a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, two male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering brought by Eliab, son of Helon. On the fourth day, Elizor, son of Shedur, leader of the tribe of Reuben, presented his offering. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, and a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering brought by Elisur, son of Shadur. On the fifth day, Shalemuel, son of Zerashadai, leader of the tribe of Simeon, presented his offering. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, a one-year-old male lamb, for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering brought by Shelemelel, son of Zerashadai. On the sixth day, Eliasaph, son of Duel, leader of the tribe of Gad, presented his offering. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering brought by Elisof, son of Duel. On the seventh day, Elishimah, son of Aminehud, leader of the tribe of Ephraim, presented his offering. 
His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour, moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering brought by Elishama, son of Amihud. On the eighth day, Gamaliel, son of Pedahursar, leader of the tribe of Manasseh, presented his offering. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour mixed with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering brought by Gamaliel, son of Padahurzer. On the ninth day, Abidan, son of Gideoni, leader of the tribe of Benjamin, presented his offering. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds, and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, and a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering brought by Abidan, son of Gideoni. On the tenth day, Ahiasar, son of Amashadai, leader of the tribe of Dan, presented his offering. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering brought by Ahieser, son of Amashadai. On the eleventh day, Pagiel, son of Okran, leader of the tribe of Asher, presented his offering. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering brought by Pagiel, son of Okran. On the twelfth day, Ahira, son of Inan, leader of the tribe of Naphtali, presented his offering. His offering consisted of a silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds and a silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. These were both filled with grain offerings of choice flour, moistened with olive oil. He also brought a gold container weighing four ounces, which was filled with incense. He brought a young bull, a ram, a one-year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a male goat for a sin offering. For a peace offering, he brought two bulls, five rams, five male goats, and five one-year-old male lambs. This was the offering brought by Ahira, son of Inan, 
So this was the dedication offering brought by the leaders of Israel at the time the altar was anointed. Twelve silver platters, twelve silver basins, and twelve gold incense containers, each silver platter weighing three and a quarter pounds, and each silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds. The total weight of the silver was sixty pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. Each of the twelve gold containers that was filled with incense weighed four ounces, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. The total weight of gold was three pounds. Twelve young bulls, twelve rams, and twelve one-year-old male lambs were donated for the burnt offerings along with their prescribed grain offerings. Twelve male goats were brought for the sin offerings. Twenty-four bulls, sixty rams, sixty male goats, and sixty one-year-old male lambs were donated for the peace offerings. This was the dedication offering for the altar after it was anointed. Whenever Moses went into the tabernacle to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from between the two cherubim, above the ark's cover, the place of atonement that rests on the ark of the covenant. The Lord spoke to him from there. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Acts 27 Paul sails to Rome. When the time came, I set sail for Italy. Paul and several other prisoners were placed in the custody of a Roman officer named Julius, a captain of the Imperial Regiment. Aristarchus of Macedonia from Thessalonica was also with us. We left on a ship whose home port was Adramitum on the northwest coast of the province of Asia. It was scheduled to make several stops at ports along the coast of the province. The next day when we docked at Sidon, Julius was very kind to Paul and let him go ashore to visit with friends so they would provide for his needs. Putting out to sea from there, we encountered strong headwinds that made it difficult to keep the ship on course, so we sailed north of Cyprus, between the island and the mainland. Keeping to the open sea, we passed along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, landing at Myra, in the province of Lycia. There the commanding officer found an Egyptian ship from Alexandria that was bound for Italy. He put us on board. We had several days of slow sailing, and after great difficulty we finally neared Sindus, but the wind was against us, so we sailed across to Crete and along the sheltered coast of the island, past the Cape of Salome. We struggled along the coast with great difficulty and finally arrived at Fairhavens, near the home of Lassie. We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall, and Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Men, he said, 
I believe there is trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. And since Fairhavens was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix, further up the coast of Crete, and spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor with only a southwest and northwest exposure. When a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it, so they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly, and a wind of typhoon strength called a northeaster burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. We sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Kauda, where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of citrus off the African coast, so they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and stars, until at last, all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me, and he said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. About midnight, on the fourteenth night of the storm, as we were being driven across the Sea of Adria, the sailors sensed land was near. They dropped a weighted line and found that the water was 120 feet deep, but a little later they measured again and found it was only 90 feet deep. At this rate, they were afraid they would soon be driven across the rocks along the shore, so they threw out four anchors from the back of the ship and prayed for daylight. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship. They lowered the lifeboat as though they were going to put out anchors from the front of the ship, but Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, You will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. So the soldiers cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let it drift away. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried that you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair on your heads will perish. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and broke off a piece and ate it. Then everyone was encouraged and began to eat, all 276 of us who were on board. After eating, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. When morning dawned, they didn't recognize the coastline, but they saw a bay with a beach and wondered if they could get to shore by running the ship aground. They cut off the anchors and left them in the sea. Then they lowered the rudders, raised the foresail, and headed toward shore. But they hit a shoal and ran the ship aground too soon. The bow of the ship stuck fast, while the stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves and began to break apart. 
The soldiers wanted to kill the prisoners to make sure they didn't swim ashore and escape, but the commanding officer wanted to spare Paul, so he didn't let them carry out their plan. Then he ordered all who could swim to jump overboard first and make for land. The others held on to planks or debris from the broken ship, so everyone escaped safely to shore. And now may our Lord give his blessing to the reading of his word. Amen. I love stories of the sea, ships in peril, stories of struggling to survive the storms. The Bible provides some good ones too. There's the story of Jonah, and then there's this story today with Paul. The parallels we find with the great stories of survival at sea and our own life are amazing. Do you remember when Jonah was on board and was in the storm? Do you remember what he said? In verse 12 of his book, it says this, Throw me into the sea, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Jonah knew the only way the crew could save themselves was to throw him in the sea to be drowned. Then things would be calm again and they would survive. Later on, when Jesus came, he said, Now someone greater than Jonah is here. What's he saying? He's saying that there's a great storm on the way for each of us. In fact, we don't get through this life without experiencing that storm. And we won't survive unless someone far greater than Jonah throws himself into the waves for us. It's the ultimate storm. And Jesus is the someone that is greater, who has thrown himself into the wind and waves and sunk beneath the ocean depths for us. He's offered up his body to the waves in order that we might survive. Not only that, but many of us have sunk to the very bottom. And when we do, we can see him there. He meets us there. In fact, he's been with us all along. He doesn't abandon us. He's always and forever with us, no matter where we are. Whenever I see Big Surf or hear of survival at sea, I think about what Jesus has done for us. And my hope is that when I go through storms in life, and I do and I have, and the seas look ominous and threatening, I'll remember that he is with me right where I am. So you can trust him to see you through the storms of this life. I'll trust him not only to be my salvation when I die, but right here, right now. And that's the prayer that I have for you. May you see Jesus and trust in what he has done and live in his resurrection life right now. That's the prayer that I have for my family, for my wife and my daughters and my son. And that's the prayer that I have for you. May it be so. Let's continue now in a time of prayer. Feel free to read along with these prayers in the show notes of today's podcast and meditate on these words that are being spoken over you, your family, and our world. 
And now, let us pray. Lord God, Almighty and Everlasting Father, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we might not fall into sin or be overcome by adversity. And in all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth, and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far and those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold, pour out your Spirit on all flesh, and hasten the coming of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Lord, grant that I might not seek so much to be consoled, as to console, to be understood, as to understand, to be loved, as to love. For it is in the giving that we receive, in the pardoning that we are pardoned. It is in the dying that we are born unto eternal life. Amen. And now as our Lord has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to thank you for joining me today in our time through the scriptures and in prayer. I want to commend you for taking these daily steps, for investing well into your soul. Jesus says, is there anything more valuable than your soul? And the answer to that is, no. <laughs> the soul comprises your very being, my friend. So another way of saying what Jesus said is that you, your very being, is so incredibly valuable to God. That's right. You are valuable to God. And if you have any question about that, look no further than the incarnation or the cross, or the resurrection, or the ascension, or look at Jesus' teachings. <laughs> it all is telling you something really beautiful and true about God, but it is also telling you something really important about yourself, who you are. So keep investing well, my friend, into your soul. And I share that with you on good authority. The authoritative one himself has said so. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about Jesus. Well, hey, 
Before I let you go today, I just want to send a big thank you and a shout out to some folks out there. These are our partners. As you well know, this podcast is brought to you entirely by you. In fact, this podcast doesn't happen without you. (laughs) So thank you, partners. Thank you for coming alongside and saying, hey, I'm going to be a part of this. Thank you, Stephen Ramos and John Peralta and J.B. McMeans and Becky Hutton and John Vanderwater and Florence Atiega and Calhoun Queener and Jenny Bauer. Blessings to you, my sisters, my brothers, my co-laborers in this work of the Lord. If you're listening today and you want to be a part of this, man, that is so appreciated and it is so needed. And all you need to do is click on the link in the show notes of today's podcast. Or you can go to dailyradiobible.com and click on the donate link. And if you are old school, you can reach us through the U.S. Post at Daily Radio Bible 2748 Northeast Molini Way. Hillsboro, Oregon, 97124. Well, friends, I'm feeling good because the sun is out and it has been a minute since we've seen that beautiful orb in the sky. The sky's blue and it is a beautiful day. I hope you enjoy this day, my friend. Thanks for spending some time with your brother. And what do you say we show up again here tomorrow and do it again? That's my plan. Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. Your brother Hunter plans on being here. Until that time, let's go forward. Let's go forward in God's joy. Let's let his joy be our strength. And let us always remember this. That you are loved. No doubt about it. Alrighty, I'll talk to you again tomorrow. You guys take care.